0: I'm Renee Barbo, the Practical Shaman. Welcome to the Shaman's Cave.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Sandra Ingerman, and welcome to the Shaman's Cave.
0: Well, this morning I was thinking, you know, I might seem irreverent and kind of whimsical, but I do think. <laughs> <laughs> but lately something's been occurring to me, and I don't know if it's been occurring to you too at home, so we thought we'd have a conversation about it. When I start thinking about the planning, you know, travel for 2022, and this isn't about the COVID, this isn't about uh, being afraid, this isn't about anything else. But when I start thinking about planning travel, and maybe this time of the COVID has you know reset us in all of our worldly travels as well. But I've been thinking a lot about how there's nowhere that I really want to go that. I've trampled all of the sacred sites that I wanted to go to without even considering it. And this morning I found a research article about how the idea of creating a business out of spiritual practices that took place at sacred sites evolved over the last 30 years as almost like a standalone opportunity that brought attention to these sacred sites, but that we forgot that our own sites were sacred.
1: Yeah, um, I teach a lot about um, connecting with the land. And we've had different shows on that where I've actually led journeys. And it doesn't matter whether you live in the city or the country you can create a sacred site you know on the land where you live and if you live in the city I know a lot of people who go to a park and they find their little spot and they make their little cairns with rocks so you know it's their spot and um and they go and do ceremonies there and I've lived on the land that I've lived on now for, I think it's something like 25 years. And I've really put an amazing amount of energy into falling in love with this land and having this land fall in love with me. And, um, you know, just some really, what ends up happening is really magical things happen. And so when you create your own sacred sites, you know, you have your own magic right where you live. And so, for example, I was getting ready to teach five five five-day workshops right in a row. And my workshops, my physical workshops are start at 9.30 in the morning and end at 10 at night. So, you know, I was trying to pump myself up. It was (laughs) five workshops in a row. And I took a walk on on my land, and I asked for an omen of how the five workshops were going to go and if the spirits were supporting me. And I look up, and I go, that's the biggest dog I've ever seen. And all of a sudden, I realized, that's not a dog. That's a bear. There was a bear right in front of me, walking right in front of me. And we do have bear out here, but I haven't seen one. And to run into a bear on a walking path right outside your house during the daytime, you know, that was a huge omen that the land gave to me. And um, just one other, um, I have a issue with my neck. And um, the day the issue started started, My ritual tree, where I do all my rituals, fell down um, the same direction that my neck went. And I had um, tree specialists come out here, and nobody can explain it. But um, I did a ritual for that that tree um, recently. And the next day I went out and I actually posted this on Facebook because it was unbelievable. There was a perfect uh, heart, a lichen heart, um, a perfect heart. I have a picture of it. Mm. I should um, send it to Renee to post it. It's a perfect heart sitting right under the um, area of the tree that I could immediately just see as I greeted the tree from from doing this ritual for the tree. So the point, um, I'm trying to add examples to what um, Renee is talking about, is when you actually connect with the land like people do at a sacred site and make it sacred to you the land responds, um, and it becomes a magical sacred site for you to live at, where you get omens, you get gifts, and you get communication happening all the time.
0: Mm, Yeah, that's so true. I saw a bear once, too. When I was going up on my humbleche, uh, the Lakota elder said to me, so, have you ever seen a bear? And You no, know, you're going up to sit on the on the mountain by yourself or for three days and three nights. And I'm thinking like, no, you know, so then the whole time I was like waiting for a bear to come out of the woods or this magical bear or something. But I, I it was a few years later when I was uh, part of a shamanic training that I did. It was to go back and do a, a prayer despacho and offering at a place where we were born or our, our mountain where where we were were. Grow, grow up. So I went to the Girl Scout camp where I grew up in, and and that land was really sacred. And I sat down. I started to make the prayer offerings. I got up to call in the directions and turn around, and, and like you, I was faced with a bear and a real bear. <laughs> it's like, like you know, it's like okay. Well, let's see what was everything I've ever been taught about a bear. Okay, you don't. You have to not be afraid. Don't back down, and you know. So then I like I thanked the bear for coming and how blessed we I was, and then said, "Okay, you can go now," because I was, you know, the despacho kid had cookies and candies and, and all kinds of bear snacks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you like this? The wind saved me with this bear because the wind was obviously moving in um, the direction I was right behind this bear. And this bear did not know that I was behind it. <laughs> I thought I was behind to talk, <laughs> and so um, I, I, when I realized it was a bear, um, what I did was I just gently and slowly backed down. And um, the walking path that I was on is a sand—it's sand arroyo. It's a dried-up riverbed. So, you know, there's no vibration. So once I got to the Arroyo, the bear, you know, without smelling me, wouldn't see me. So um, it was just an omen. I never had to worry about what the bear was gonna do to me. It just was the universe showing itself that the workshops were gonna go well and they were stupendous workshops. They went uh, really well. And so it just really it I'm just trying to add to the point of what Renee is saying is um, we we tend to make other places special and where we live is special. And Mm -hmm. and I remember I used to really react back in the old days, back in the eighties, when we you know were first doing ceremonies at workshops, and people would go, "No, let's use that area. That's prettier." No, let's use that area. That's prettier. How do you say land is prettier? Mm -hmm. Land has energy. People Mm -hmm. have energy. You don't judge power and sacredness based on what something looks like. You ba- you base it on the energy, and that's a real sickness in our culture. We go to sacred sites that look mm-hmm. like they're sacred, and sometimes we miss the most sacred energy is right in front of us.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. There's places in Peru that the tourists don't go to, you know, really sacred um, rocks with you know water that comes out from underneath, like you know the cisterns, which you know have have a lot of magic in them. In, in places like in you know in Ireland and other places, and then just to this fall we did a re, the the Wind Clan went and did a retreat in this very sacred place in Maine. It was like we were driving out from Boston and we're like, where are we going? And we get there and this woman had been tending to her land for 18 years with the kind of reverence that you're talking about, Sandra, where, you know, really trying to. And and right now uh, she's she's in the process of selling that land because, you know, even land sometimes needs a new caretaker. Mm -hmm. And, you know, how do you how do you transition you know your caretaking of a land to another person's caretaking of a land and and i think that these are really important subjects for these times because i don't think we're going to be traveling quite as far quite as often in the coming years in fact i was talking to a friend last night who's uh, was just on her way out of town today and she said you know this might be my last kind of trip like this Mm -hmm. and i'm thinking well you're not that old And she said, "You know, she's thinking about the fossil fuel and the airplane and the, you know, going to the airport. Like all of these things are now like where they used to be. Like I just remembered when when COVID hit, I just tapped in one day to the energy at the um, Dallas Fort Worth Airport and how it had gone from something that was so frenetic to something that was so silent." Like that, we create energy storms as we move through looking for ourselves.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that that is a really good point. Back <laughs> in um, in the nineteen nineties, um, my spiritual teacher, the Egyptian um, uh, goddess Isis, came to me and said, "I want you to start training teachers." because she said there is going to be a time when people, number one, aren't going to be able to afford to travel, and they're actually not going to be able to physically travel. And so right now people are flying all over the planet to get shamanic teachings. And she said, what I want you to do is I want you to see Local areas all over the world with really brilliant teachers. Mm-hmm. So that, um, so that people don't have to travel to find find a teacher. So I waited. It, it took me a while to get up the courage to say mm-hmm. I'm training shamanic <laughs> teachers, and um, I started the trainings in 2004, and we have this brilliant website shamanicteachers.com which I wrote in there my reason for creating this website and um, for training teachers was Isis's message that she gave me back at a very early time that uh, the time for traveling to these big workshops is coming to an end you know Mm. so
0: that's true we're graduating thirty-eight wind workers next this month in November, which is like the first wind work training. And you know, I'm trying to figure out, like, okay, what like what does a wind worker do? Because there's no there's no blueprint here. We're like, you know, we're foraging through the woods here with the wind, and 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 so the wind. I was on a wind walk, and the wind said, "Well, Renee, you know, people." Millions of people are going to need this work in the coming days. So why don't you get less out of the way about what you think, you know, and trust that the people who are called are the people who are going to, the people who are called and the people who stayed are the people that we're going to keep training. Like, like get out of the way, Betty. (laughs) We don't need you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. My issue is, um, My issue is I take uh, the shamanic work that I do very seriously, and it should not be taught online. So um, I'm trying to figure out, you know, like what Isis said, is creating small workshops in local areas, making your local area a sacred site so Mm -hmm. that you're not having to travel to another sacred site. Mm -hmm. and doing your advanced trainings in the physical but you stay in your local community and that was the vision that ISIS gave me and it's the vision that's working out now um, because um, there are ways to teach small workshops in local areas and my teachers are doing really well going on with their advanced trainings but um why compromise integrity and why put clients in potential danger because people would rather stay at home and um do something on a computer that should never be done on a computer
0: <laughs> absolutely those are it was really great to be in person with people and teach people a few more you know more advanced skills although we're still at the baby steps with this like there's, there's advanced processes that I've been shown that I haven't shared or when I get ready, like there's been, there was a process last year, the wind taught me about grief knots and I was shown a couple of pieces and then I had to hold the information for six, eight months. And the first time I was allowed to share it was at the, the in-person retreat because it was, it was, it was powerful. So, yeah, that's kind of been the question is like, OK, what if you've just taken 10 months? Because I realized, you know, we thought it was a teacher's training and I'm like, not after 10 months, you know, maybe after two years that you might be starting. But after 10 months, yeah, you can make wind nuts or you can make your prayer flags and you can you can start to do personal ceremonies and And what I want to say is those are like the classes you teach on the shift network. Don't discount those personal ceremonies for yourself because that makes you a stronger vessel to do those other healing, deeper practices that you are going to learn in person or, you know, having a direct revelation of this is how you do this type of experience. But I think both Sandra and I agree that, that, Things are possible to do online, but not necessarily the work that's going to take you deeper, working on other people. Is that how you think of see see that or?
1: Yeah, but I don't want us to get off track because. Somebody- okay. We've uh, we've looped into another uh, actually another good topic that we <laughs> um, because the topic that we're talking about today is how we could make our land a sacred site and um, and I guess we could loop in that if you're uh, doing online classes um, that you can do your sacred ceremonies that go with your Mm -hmm. online classes uh, where you live Mm -hmm. and that um, people feel mentally um, um, stopped because they feel that this place doesn't look as powerful. Um, You know, it's we're so visually oriented. We have to understand that, we are the land that we live on. And when we connect and we make a strong link with the energy and the spirit of that land um, where we're walking earth <laughs> and we have a lot more power, a lot more strength, a lot more support. Um, um, and we don't feel so alone. We We really feel the support of where we live and, this is an issue that's coming up for people right now, and we've talked about it before. People are feeling they don't have support right now, but you have support from the land that you live on. The land that you live on is not overwhelmed.
0: <laughs> oh, true. And and one thing I'll add to that is that the land often picks you. Mm-hmm. Like, we we're talking uh, like a few weeks ago when I was at the La Quinta hotel, which it had, which is a very sacred place. You know, the land chose me for an initiation. You know, I wasn't it wasn't on my thing. So also start to pay attention when the land's choosing you. Like a hike calls you or an area of your yard calls you that needs tending or, uh, you know, how is the land calling you in the desert? The the mountains in Palm Springs tend to feel really hard, whereas the mountains in the, the Palm Desert area or Palm Springs feel hard and Palm Desert feel voluptuous and inviting. And like, so start to pay attention. Like when you go for a hike in one area, does that call you more than another area? And really pay attention to what land is calling to you.
1: Mm hmm. And. And what I like to do is um, um, we've taught you the process of transfiguration, of radiating your light, and you can find that in the archives. And I like to walk the land, uh, the land that I live on, or any land that I'm on, and I radiate my light to the trees. I'm a real tree person. And then I actually asked the trees um, if the trees are willing to see me in my divine light and not in um, a state of poor health or however I'm walking on that particular day so that there's a back and forth of recognizing the divine that's in each of us. Mm. And that really changes, you know, the energy a lot. Um, you know so there's ways that you can um, fill up with more energy and I'm, I'm not saying energy to so that you can exercise more I'm saying that you have the energy so that you can hold what's happening in the world right now and hold what's happening in your life right now and not feel so overwhelmed by it And if you make your land a sacred site, which it is, it's not making the land a sacred site. It's recognizing that Mm -hmm. your land is a sacred site. And once you recognize that your land is a sacred site, you never feel alone.
0: Mm. What more can you add to that? Yeah, (laughs) I think that says it really, really well. So, um, an exercise that I might offer up for that is to really walk the boundaries of your land and really honor each corner with a prayer of gratitude. if you want to put a rock there, some people like to put crystals there, but really go around and 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 then I've actually even gone further than that and then created like, you know uh, like a a barbed wire, invisible barbed wire fence around. So that I'm really clear is like, this is the land that that's holding me and that I'm holding in this moment and really become even more, not that I own it or anything, but that's, this is the relationship that I'm having with this particular piece of land, because, you know, there's so much land all around, you know, just defining my land and my relationship to that at the moment. I like that.
1: I really like that. And again, I really want to um, encourage people who live in cities because I find and I grew up in Brooklyn and I was so connected to the land. But I was a kid, you know, a kid sees the unseen in a city, Um, Mm -hmm. the land wherever a kid is is sacred because of what their perception is open to and so I get really sad when I get students who feel like um, they live in a city and so they don't live in a sacred spot but the land where you that's under the concrete has been holding ceremonies for ages and Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of power under that land and what all you have to do is talk to it
0: Mm -hmm. but all you
1: have Do talk to it with your heart and make a connection with it, a heart connection with it. And it will make a heart connection with you. And trust me, you're going to feel really different, Um, not just with your ceremonial work, but just different in life because you're connected to something really big and beautiful.
0: (laughs) Each step you take will be an energetic walk with the land. What a great way to of like the singing in a place like New York City to know that every step you take, you bring beauty and it radiates back at you from through the concrete, through the tar. I like that through those buildings. What a great thought to leave us on. Thanks, Sandra.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So so do your sacred work, but realize that the land that you live on is uh, wants to partner with you and is an amazing ally for you and just notice how you start to feel not what you see but notice how you start to feel differently once you start to connect with the power of the land that you're on and you make a deep soul connection with it so blessings everyone thank you for listening to our show
0: <laughs> and make sure you follow us over at shamanstv.com And it's always helpful to hit the send or share button either on Buzzsprout where there's just an audio version or on YouTube uh, so that we could. Our nice goal would be to have 10,000 followers by the end of the year. So if you're not following us on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and maybe consider sharing an episode with a friend, one of your favorite episodes. And until next week, we will. We wish you. A blessed time exploring your land.
1: (laughs) Bye, everyone.